and welcome once again to another edition of Mets at the Movies, the podcast that talks about movies from celluloid to digital and everything in between. And on today's episode is my Oscar prediction special. I promised I was going to do this. We've got about a week before the Oscars, I believe they're next Sunday. So I thought, what better chance to get my Oscar predictions out now? Because I'm pretty sure if I don't get them out now, they're going to change. They're going to flip-flop throughout the week. So you know what? I'm going to put everything in stone today. So we're going to go through each category. Every single category nominated. I think think I've seen enough of the movies to be able to give my opinion. Uh, The ones that... Uh, I have. I weren't. I was not able to see. Was the uh, live action shorts, documentary shorts, and the documentaries. Documentaries. I've seen one or two of them. I know one because I know Icarus is there, and I've seen and, and I've seen that. Uh, the other ones, unfortunately, I haven't had a ch- chance to. I tried, but I wasn't able to get it down. But uh, you know what? We'll give it a shot. We'll go. We'll have some fun, and we're gonna start off with. Writing for an original screenplay. We've got The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Now, this I'm going to start off with a, with a, a, a potential kind of Hail Mary pick. So most likely, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri will win because it's winning the majority of them. But don't be surprised if Get Out wins for Jordan Peele. I wouldn't be surprised. Most a lot of year, a lot of previous years I usually go by what I want to win. This year I'm going to go by what I think is going to win. And in writing for original screenplay, I'm probably going to say three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I was going back between Get Out um and three billboards uh not because I think Get Out is the be- is the best film. I'm I'm in the camp of Get Out is a is a good film. I like the film. I don't. I don't believe it. I don't think it's one of the best films of, of the year. But that's the fun thing about films. They're all subjective. There's some movies that probably I think are great that others don't. And we're all and we're all entitled to that. But I think because of the buzz, the build up, Get Out does have a chance to win. But I think this year it's going to be three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. So. Lock it in. Writing for original screenplay, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Then we're going to jump to writing for adapted screenplay. We've got Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. Now, when I go through all of this, this this is a hard one. Because the comic book fan in me wants Logan to win. And I know that it's there's a chance it could win because the writing categories are sometimes where the more obscure movies um, win screenplays, win win the win their Oscars. Um, the scary thing though is Molly's Game because I mean it's written by Sorkin and Sorkin is a is a Oscar fay favorite. Uh, Call Me by by Your Name is an amazing film that's like. It's like you're watching a dream the whole whole time. Mudbound, unfortunately, even though it's on on Netflix, I haven't had a chance to see. I'm going to try and see it this week, um, just so that way I can at least give it a, a, an honest viewing. Because she's all because there, Mudbound is also nominated for cine, cinematography. But Disaster Artist is one of the funniest movies I've seen. So this is a hard one for me. I didn't actually I didn't want to prep prior do to do do my picks. I wanted to decide. On, ta- on 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 tape <laughs> on um, on this podcast w- 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 what it is and honestly this is probably one of the hardest ones to deter- determine because again I think call me by your name is such a beautiful movie disaster artist is so hilarious the comic book fan in me wants Logan but Sorkin Sorkin just destroys this category. That's what he does. Um, so we're gonna do this. So I'm gonna. T- so out, out of those, I Mudbound may be good, but it's getting no talk. It's getting no buzz. It hasn't won any awards. Um, it's probably. It's. It sounds like it's a really good film. People are saying it's an amazing film. So I'm definitely gonna give it a chance. It's on my list to watch. And again, I'm gonna try and watch it sometime 
this week. I'm going to take out Molly's game. Because, again, it's not getting any buzz. So I'm taking out Molly's game. Taking out Mudbound. Um, I'm taking out... The next one I'm going to take out is... I'm going to take out Logan. Because I have to think with my head with this. Not with my heart. Um, And I'm going to go... Okay, uh, okay. So, writing for adapted screenplay, I'm going with Call Me By Your Name. That's going to be my pick. Writing for adapted screenplay, Call Me By Your Name. That is my pick. Lock it in. Then we're going to go up to best visual effects. We've got Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Now, this is an interesting category because when you think visual visual effects, you think the heavy visual effects studios or the heavy visual effects movies like Guardians and, and Star Wars, like they should be the clear winner. There's so many special effects in them. They, they look great. But time after time, the movie that wins isn't always the big special effects heavy movie. Um just a few years ago, uh, when Force Awakens came out, it was beat out by Ex Machina. Small, independent film, but it looked amazing. So that's why this is, again, another hard category to do. I'm taking out... See, the thing is, though, with Kong Skull Island, Island and War for the Planet of the Apes, you're both dealing with um, people doing motion capture pretending to be apes but i think war is so i'm taking out i'm taking out kong skull island um i'm taking out blade runner because i think blade runner is i think blade runner's chance are in other categories um so i'm taking out kong skull island i'm taking out blade runner um i'm gonna take out the next one i'm gonna take out is I'm going to take out Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, so you know what? I am going for War of the Planet of the Apes. Best visual effects out of these five, I'm going War for the Planet of the Apes. I think this is time for Weta to win. They're going to win for this. So lock it in. Best visual effects, War for the Planet of the Apes. Then we move up to sound mixing. Now, sound mixing and sound editing are hard because a lot of times the same movie wins for both. So it's it. You have to think. I I I honestly think this is going to come down to Baby Driver and Dunkirk between be, for sound mixing. Um, and I think. Yeah, because I don't think Blade. I, th- I think Blade Runner's good, but I don't think it's sound mixing. Um, I mean, Star Wars: Last Jedi has amazing sound mixing. Shape of Water. Again, I think Shape of Water's um, strengths are in other categories. So I'm going to take out Shape of Water, and I'm taking out Blade Runner. Um, I think. I'm going to take out, yeah, I'm going to take out Star Wars, and I'm, and, and I'm, no, you know what, I'm going to take out Baby Driver, because I, th- and I'm going to battle between Dunkirk and Star Wars, and I'm going to put, I'm going to put Dunkirk, so sound mixing, I'm putting as Dunkirk is going to win sound mixing. Sound editing, you have the same five movies, Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. Sound editing, I'm putting for Baby Driver. Um, because that whole movie was based around matching the music with the visuals. That was the whole point. So I think sound editing is going to Baby Driver. That's going to be one of the ones that, uh, in these lower categories, 
that I'm, I'm confident with. So sound editing, baby driver. Lock it in. Then we go up to short film, short film live action. Now, this is one that I haven't seen. I didn't get a chance to see any of them. So I don't know too much about them. Um, and I haven't really heard a lot about them as well, simply because um, um, I did, again, I, I haven't heard them because nobody really sees shorts. And that's uh, honestly, that's a shame. Uh, so right now we've got um, Decalb Elementary, which looks like a movie about uh, essentially what it looks like. It's a movie about what's going on now. Um, a mentally unstable 20-something enters an elementary school with a semi-automatic rifle. After he orders the school receptionist, Cassandra, to have the building evacuated, he holds her hostage and instructs her to call 911. So that's actually kind of really scary to what to what's going on right now um so we've got that one then we also have the 11 o'clock um a psychiatrist earnestly tries to help his delusional patient but his efforts are complicated by the fact that the patient believes himself to be the doctor with each trying to out analyze the other their sessions spiral out of control um this actually seems like it's a little... I don't know if this is a comedy. This It, it seems more like a comedy. There was a, there was a live-action short that um, was done a few years ago that reminded me of this. Um, you know, it sounds interesting. It sounds it sounds fun. It's probably... It sounds like one that I would have really enjoyed. I don't know if it's going to win the Oscar for it, but... Let's see the other ones. Then we also have my nephew Emmett. In 1955, two white two white men invade the home of Moses Wright, an African American preacher in Mississippi, to abduct his 14 year old nephew Emmett Till, who is visiting from Chicago. Emmett has been accused of whistling at white women, and Moses knows that his fate will be sealed if the men su- succeed in taking him. Wow, that's pretty tough. That's uh. That's rough. That sounds like another one. Damn! I wish I, re- I wish I wish I was able to go and see these. They were they were at TIFF, but the showing that we tried to go to was sold out. This sounds really interesting. Um, okay, so this is getting to be a tough choice. Then we have the Silent Child. Libby, a profoundly a profound a profoundly deaf four year old, is the youngest child in a family who are all hearing, unable to communicate. But about to start school, Libby is assigned to a social worker who teaches her sign language. Libby's skeptical parents are reluctant to be involved. However, a posse and potential block and pose a potential block to Libby's education. This sounds interesting. This sounds like it could be something that's interesting. Just from reading the film synopsis and knowing some of the previous shorts that have won, I don't think this would win. Um, it's again, it sounds interesting, but I don't think it would win. Um, so let's go to the final one. Uh, this one is called Watu Wot, All of Us. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Jua, a Christian living in Kenya, boards a chartered bus to visit a relative and is uncomfortable being surrounded by Muslim passengers. The bus is stopped by the violent terrorist group, Al Shabaab whose members demand that Muslims identify the Christian passengers. That also sounds like a pretty rough... That reminds me of one of the shorts that happened, I think it was two years ago, and it was about an American translator in... um, that had to get... that um, a terrorist... a terrorist wife was about to give birth in a hut... And he and he wouldn't allow anybody else in, only a doctor. But she had, but he had to let the American translator come in and help um, because she was a woman, and he didn't want any other men in there to see her. So this feels something like it would kind of reach you at that same. Um, you would feel the same kind of things you heard in that, but going, but ju- again, just reading what the synopsis is, I'm 
going to take out the silent child. I'm going to take out the 11 o'clock. I'm going to... I'm going to make short film live action. Again, this is... I haven't seen it. I'm just going based off of the synopsis. I'm going DeKalb Elementary. That's what I'm going to pick as short form, just because I think it is so relevant to today that I think if people reading the synopsis would have said, yes, that's the one that needs to win today. Or on the other hand, it could be the one that is completely the that nobody um, votes for because they think that... Um, you know, they already see enough of it in the news. They 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 don't want to give a story like this an award, which in that case, I would have gone with my nephew Emmett. But again, see now I'm flip now I'm flip flopping. Um, I think it's between DeKalb Elementary and my nephew Emmett. Um, I think it's those two. If I had to choose, you know what? I am going... No, I'm going to stick to it. DeKalb Elementary. That's what I'm, I'm going to pick. Yes, that's what I, I'm going to pick. I think I think that's what it's going to be. Again, I'll probably flip-flop, but <laughs> I'm hoping not, not to. DeKalb Elementary. Now we get to the short film animated. These ones I have seen. We have Deer Basketball, Garden Party, Lou, Negative Space, and Revolting Rhymes. Now, I'm taking out Revolting Rhymes first. Revolting Rhymes was an interesting take on fairy tales, but I think I think it was just um it was it was good. It was it was it was it was interesting to see a, a new take, but I don't think it's I don't think it was it was as good as some of the other ones. I'm taking out Lou as well because Lou is a Pixar, but it feels so Pixar formulaic, formulaic, that as I was watching it, even when it got to the heartstrings part, I didn't, I didn't care, because I felt like I've already seen this before. It's Pixar doing Pixar, and it's starting to, it's it's starting to get predictable. That's why I loved Coco so so much because it felt like it was something different. This feels like it's the same short you've seen a million times. Um, I'm taking out negative space. I think negative space was one of the more interesting ones. I think out of all three of them, it probably had not probably, I think it had one of the most interesting stories to tell. It had one of the most interesting looks out of, out of all of this. Um, it was heartwarming. It was a little funny at times, but it was also sad but the but I don't think it's going to win and I'll explain to you why at the end. I'm also taking out Garden Party. I think Garden Party is the one that should win. I really enjoyed Garden Party. I thought it was funny. I thought it was great and it it tells a story in a very unique way. I think Garden Party sh- I th- I think Garden Party should win. Garden Party is my is what is my pick of what should win. What I think will win is Deer Basketball. And Deer Basketball is probably, as a basketball fan, Deer Basketball was my second favorite out of all of these. And the reason why I think Deer Basketball is going to win is because it is well-documented and well-known that that the shorts and documentaries and foreign films are categories that not a lot of people of the voting academy see. And I think they'll strict. A lot of them will vote for Deer Basketball simply because they'll know it's about basketball. They'll they know Kobe Bryant, and they know Glenn Keane, and they'll think, "Oh, you know what? I haven't seen all of these, but I know th- I, I I know these people, so I'll vote for this." And that's why I think Deer B- Basketball is going to win. I'm hoping Garden Party wins, but I think it's going to be Deer Basketball. So Deer Basketball is my pick for animated short film. Then we get to production design. We've got Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Shape of Water. I'm taking Dunkirk out first because 
a lot of it was set in in three areas. One was on a beach, one was on some boats, and one was on some other, some other some other boats. I think produ- I think production design. I think some of the other things did it a little better. So I'm taking D- Dunkirk out right away. I'm taking Darkest Hour out right away as well because again, it focused. It was very. It made you believe you were looking at um, 1930s England. I think compared to some of the other ones, I don't think it, it would win. Um, Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, and Shape of Water. I'm taking Shape of Water out. Production design is one of those that I always seem to get wrong because I think, because I always believe that the most extravagant looking, interesting, like hardcore production design wins. And a lot of times it ends up being like something something smaller um, something more emotional, something more personal. So that's why the this one, I, I always, like, I want to say it's between Beauty and the Beast and Blade Runner 2049. Honestly, I want to pick Beauty and the Beast. Um, I think it has the most interesting production design, just what they have to do, what they have, what, what, what that team had to do to recreate uh, a lot of the village and Beast's castle. I think was probably harder to do than Blade Runner 2049 because I think one of the problems is Blade Runner 2049 is a beautiful looking film it is one of the best looking films of the year hands down but I think you're starting to see a lot more of these type of looks obviously with the Netflix you have Altered Carbon and Mute that just came out on Netflix but you're starting to see a lot more more of these I think Beauty and the Beast is still, I mean, in live action form, ah, God, what am I going to pick? Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049. I'm sticking with my initial pick of Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast for production design. That is my pick. Lock it in. Then we get to music original song. We have Mighty River from Mudbound, Mystery of Love Call Me By Your Name, Remember Me from Coco, Stand Up for Something from Mar- Marshall, and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Now, most people will automatically pick Remember Me from Coco. That seems to be the easy pick for this. But from what I'm hearing, and the fact that The Greatest Showman soundtrack has been number one on iTunes for weeks like nothing can stop it from being number one really makes me think that there's a chance for for this is me i think it comes down to remember me from coco and this is me um and i'm i would have to think i really like the mystery of love mighty river from from mudbound was a great song song as well Stand Up For Something was, again, was awesome. I think what's going to take Stand Up For Something out is because I believe it was done by Common. I, yeah, I believe it was I believe it was done by Common. And um, if it was, then what a lot of people might think of is they might remember the song he did for Selma and they might think, Oh, he's just, you know, repeating probably not because I mean, they both, they both are, are movies about something extremely important. Um, mighty river again, I think it's mighty river. is It's unfortunately a lot of people don't see Netflix movies as, as, as large as the general public, and I think that's going to hurt Mighty River. Um, I am going... So I, I think it's between Remember Me and This Is Me. And if I had to choose, I'm honestly going with This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to pick. I'm locking it in for best... Music original song. I'm going, This Is Me, The Greatest Showman. Then we get to music original score. 
We've got Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and three billboards outside outside Ebbing, Missouri. I'm just going to say that this is a two-horse race between Shape of Water and three billboards. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I feel like John Will- I feel like the Star Wars Last Last Jedi borrowed too much of previous S- Star Wars to make it interesting. There were some great songs in there, but I feel like at times it borrowed too heavily on some older songs to be considered. Dunkirk Dunkirk I felt thinking thinking back to Dunkirk music. Again, I saw it in September. I believe it was September. But thinking back, what I remember about the music is I remember a lot of the music sounding very similar throughout. Whereas Three Billboards and, for instance, Shape of Water, I remember, I can remember very different music tones and choices throughout. Phantom Thread, I didn't see. I refused to see because... I'm not a fan of Paul Thomas Anderson and the movie just didn't interest me at all. I didn't see it. I've got no interest in seeing it. From what I heard, the Phantom Thread theme is is beautiful. But I think this comes down to Shape of Water or, or, or three, three Billboards. And honestly, I think Shape of Water takes it because it... it takes more risks it takes more it takes more chances it goes against what you normally hear from an original score and i also love the the score of that 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 too so i think for music best original score i'm saying shape of water then we get to makeup and hairstyle now again this is one that i could never get get, get right We've got Darkest Hour, Victoria and Abdul, and Wonder. And this, again, this is a hard one to pick because I never get these right. I mean, what was it, last year or two years ago? Suicide Squad, one for makeup and hair, hair, hair styling, which, to be honest, is well-deserved. When you look at the makeup and the hairstyling of that like just that it's pretty inc- incredible the film not as much but just the makeup and hairstyle was, was really good so if i had to choose honestly i am going with wonder makeup and hairstyle i am going with wonder that's what i'm gonna pick lock it in then we get to foreign language films. Now, again, I haven't seen any of these because it is extremely hard to see these. All of these uh, are showing at TIFF, but um, again, it, it's, it costs money to go into Toronto and see these things. But based off of what I'm hearing, I think right now we've got A Fantastic Woman, The Insult, Loveless, On Body and Soul, and The Square, and honestly, I think it's going to be the square simply because of how how much people have been talking about that because it came out a while ago. It's actually been out for a while. But I think it's going to win because, again, foreign language films is one of those films that not a lot of people see. But the square has probably received the most amount of talk starting with... Um, it winning the Palm d'Or, or the Palm d'Or. Um, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Either way, um, but it won the uh, Cannes Film Festival, and ever since then, a lot of people have been talking about it as extremely good and also funny as well. And I think it because it's the most well known one. I think it's going to be the Square. So lock it in, best foreign language film, the Square. Then we get to film editing. Film editing is another one of those categories that's a little tricky to choose. And we've got Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I, Tonya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. 
and because of its tie to music as well, I'm see I Tanya was really well done as well for 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 film editing, but Dunkirk. Dunkirk was able to edit a film that was confusing. Oh, this is actually a hard one because I think prior prior to this, I originally had Dunkirk as my pick, but now I don't know. I'm kind of second guessing. Um, because Baby Driver, you had a movie that was cut to music. Its action scenes were cut cut to music. Dunkirk was a movie that was told was three different stories at three different times that slowly bled into each other. Um, I Tanya was was so impactful, and it just hit you with how well it was. Shape of Water and Three Billboards, I think, were good, but I think the other other three in this category were just better. So honestly. If I had to choose, I am picking Dunkirk. Best film editing, Dunkirk. Lock it in. Then we get to documentary short subject. Again, this this is one that I'm never able to see because they never even show at show at Tiff. I think they show at Hot Docs, but I never get to see them. So let's go through these together. We have Edith plus Edith plus Eddie. In 2014, 96-year-old Edith Hill and 95-year-old Eddie Harrison are married. Unco- are married. Unconcerned that one is African American and the other is white, the newlyweds are forced apart. However, when one of Edith's daughters, unhappy about the relationship, forces her mother to leave her Virginia home and move to Florida. Okay. Uh, okay. Not sure. Again, something I'd probably have to see more. Uh, then we also have Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405. Artist Mindy Alper has spent almost all of her 56 years combating severe depression and anxiety using, let's see here, medication, electroconvulsive therapy, and psychiatric to, and psychiatric, psychiatricy to help her art has always been her most effective outlet with drawing and sculpture offering her the tools to give voice to her fears and mental battles interesting okay then we also have heroin e heroin brackets e huntington west virginia known as the overdose capital of america sees an average of five to seven deaths of drug overdoses every day Three women, a fire chief, a drug court, a, ju- a drug court judge, and the head of an outreach ministry, are attempting to ba- take back their community by using compassion to break the cycle of despair and addiction. Okay. Uh, then we go to knife skills. In 2013, restaurateur Brandon. Oh God, I'm gonna screw this up. Brandon Churisky. Churisky sorry, is about to launch Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute in Cleveland. Aiming to become the best traditional French restaurant in America, the Edwin's Eatery is staffed primarily with men and women recently released from prison who have only six weeks to learn the skills that will better their lives and propel the new venture to success. This sounds like one that I would probably have liked the most. I probably would have enjoyed this the most because I always like things about cooking. So I probably would have enjoyed this the most. Then we also have traffic stop. In June 2015, a 26-year-old African-American elementary school teacher named Barina, Barino, Barinan King was pulled over by a white police officer for a routine tra- traffic stop. The incident escalated into a violent arrest, followed by a conversation about race in America between King and another white officer while he drove her to the station. Okay. Okay. So those are the five we've got. Definitely some in- interesting stories. Um, I find a lot of times that the live actions mirror the documentaries as well. I'm take okay. So even though I would probably enjoy it the most, I'm taking out knife skills. 
Um, I'm taking out... You know what? Just by reading those, I'm thinking that... I think because of the topic of traffic stop might propel it. I still think documentary short subject is going to heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. I think that might win it. Just again, just by reading the synopsis. I would love if knife skills won because that sounds something really interesting to me because I love seeing things about cooking and chefs and restaurateurs and all that stuff. I love, I love that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, documentary short subject, heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. Then we get to documentary feature. I've only seen one of these because again, they're hard to see. So let's go through them. We've got Abacus, small enough to jail. Following the 2008 financial... Oh, in my wheelhouse. Why didn't I see this? Following the 2008 financial crisis, the only U.S. bank to face criminal charges was Abacus Federal Savings Bank, the first Chinese-owned bank in New York's Chinatown. Founded by immigrant Thomas Sung in 1984 and now run by him and his American-born daughters, the bank was accused of mortgage fund in a legal battle that spanned five years. Why am I only hearing about this now? Oh God, this sounds this sounds perfect for me. This sounds like something I would love to see. Oh man, I need I need to hunt this out. This sounds like it's right up my alley. Do I think it's going to win? Probably not. I think all the time. I think the um, time for all the bank, banking stuff 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 to win have already come and pass. But this sounds like a story that I really want to know about. Then we've got Faces and Places. So filmmaker Agnes Varda teams with photographer and muralist JR to travel the French countryside to meet local restaurants, local residents, sorry, and produce giant photographic portraits of them. Although they are separated by age, by more than half a century, Varda and JR both both revel in the power of images and in documenting the lives of everyday people. This sounds like something really fun. This sounds like something that's really heartwarming, heartwarming, really charming, real a lot, a lot of fun. Then we have Icarus, the one that I did see because it's on Netflix. Intending to prove that sports doping testing can be rigged, amateur bi- bicyclist Brian Fogel contacts Dr. Gregory Rodokovsky, the head of an anti-doping laboratory that tests Russian Olympians. As Fogel tries to beat the test, he becomes closer with Radichovsky and uncovers the biggest scandal in modern sports history, thereby exposing both of them to physical and legal danger. This was a really good documentary. If you can see it, everybody should see it because it's on on, uh, Netflix. This one was really good. I really enjoyed this one as well. Then we have Last Man in Elpo. Uh, The White Helmist... A civilian rescue squad operating in Syria dig through rubble to find bombing survivors and retrieve bodies of the deceased. Some of the first responders are separated from their families, while others worry about loved ones still in Alpo. Despite their fears for the future, three of the group's founders remain dedicated to their life-saving work. It sounds interesting for sure. It sounds so far out of all of them, probably the most emotional Again, I still have one more to go, but it sounds like it is emotional raid, and um, it's about individuals putting themselves aside to help others. Definitely sounds like something that uh, would tug at the heartstrings and make you think. Then we also have Strong Island. In 1992, William Ford Jr., a 24-year-old African-American man preparing to become a corrections officer, was shot and killed by a white mechanic during a dispute the murder for which the killer was never convicted tore apart the ford family which still wrestles with their grief and anger decades later this is yeah i never heard of this this is one that i never heard of i never even heard heard this 
story. People, I don't think people have talked about this in a lot of mainstream. It seems like it seems like a story about what's going on now, but decades ago, that could have helped us see what we were becoming. Okay, so we've so we've got some uh, interesting ones there. So going through and reading them all, even though potentially Icarus I loved, Abacus small enough to jail I might really love. I think just because of the talk it's getting, the buildup it's getting, everybody has been hearing it. I think faces places will win. I I yeah, I'm putting it down. Best documentary feature faces places lock it in then we go to directing we've got christopher nolan dunkirk jordan peele get out greta gerwig ladybird paul thomas anderson phantom thread guillermo del toro shape of water now we're getting into surprisingly the bigger ones but probably the easy ones this year this one is going to guillermo del toro every directing award from the DGAs, Producers Guild, the Golden Globes. I think he won the BAFTA as well. I've, I, I have to, I have to check. I could be wrong. No, was it Mark? Was it Martin McDowell who won the BAFTA? Either way, this is going to be Guillermo del, del Toro's year. I'm, I'm calling it right now. I think that Guillermo del Toro, it's going to be his year. He's getting it. So directing for Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Then we go to costume designs. By the way, if you're wondering, wow, you went from directing to costume designs, I'm actually reading this off of the Oscar site, and I'm going from their bottom up. So it's weird to see directing go into costume design. So costume design. We have Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, Victoria and Abdul. Now, Beauty and the Beast and Victoria and Abdul are probably the easy ones to pick, because they're so unique compared to others. But this is one that I think will go to Phantom Thread. Not only because Phantom Thread, the whole point of the movie is, well, one of the main points of the movie is about costume design. I think the different unique styles of it and the care towards it might push it over. So for costume design... I'm picking Phantom Thread. Then we get to cinematography. We've got Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and Shape of Water. And this is going to Roger Deakins. He's been nominated, I think, 16 times for this, and he's never won. I'm picking Roger Deakins, Blade Runner 2049. This is his year He's going to win. Lock it in. It's about time this man gets his nomination. Uh, 14. He's been nominated 14 times, including this. And he's never won. And he's and he's done, done work on some of the best films of all time. Wow. Um, yeah, he has. Really done. This year, though, Roger Deakins, Blade Runner 2049, lock it in. But a definite, a definite props to Rachel Morrison for Mudbound, first female to ever be nominated for this category. So, so prop, props to her. And congratulations to her. Then we go to animated feature. This was a weak category. Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, which The Breadwinner is one of those ones that... Um, is an international one that kind of started to become come big. I think LA Film Critics, I think the LA Film Critics gave Breadwinner their best animated feature. It reminds me of um, Coco, uh, Coco and Rita, Rita and Coco from a few years ago that I thought was much better than, I think it came out when Brave was. I think they were nominated, I think that and Brave were nominated at the same time and I thought that movie was fantastic. So, so much better than, than 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 Brave. If you get get a chance, find it and go and see it. I believe it's called Coco and Rita. Let me just verify because I don't want to give you wrong information, and I want you to definitely go and see it if you can. Um, no, I can't find it right now. But 
you know what? Maybe I'll do a full episode on it because I loved it. Then we have Coco. Then we have Ferdinand. And we have Loving Vincent. And Pixar. Coco. They're going to take it. It's going to be Pixar's year again. They're taking it for another one. Then we move up to actress in a supporting role. We have Mary J. Blige, Mudbound. Allison Jenny, I, Tonya. Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread. Lori Metcalf, Ladybird. Octavia Spencer, Shape of Water. This one's going to Allison Janney. She's won every other supporting actress award. This one's going to Allison Janney. Lock it in. Uh, Lori Metcalf, I would have, I think Lori Metcalf, her scene in the airport scene in um, Lady Ladybird, I think was one of the best acting scenes I've seen this year. Better than, I th- I think that scene to me was better than anything Allison Janney did in I Tonya, but Al- but Allison J- Janney through I-, I Tonya was just so good throughout the entire film that she's going to win. Then we get to actor in a supporting role: Willem Dafoe, Florida Project; Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri; Richard Jenkins, Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell, Three Boil Boards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Now, it's funny because Sam Rockwell's going to win, but Woody Harrelson is better in that in, in that film. His character, his, his, like, what happens? Woody Harrelson is better, in my opinion, in Three Boil Boards than Sam Rockwell, but Sam Rockwell is winning the Oscar. Lock it in. Best Supporting Actor... Best actor in a supporting role, Sam Rockwell. Then we get to actress in a leading role. Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water. Frances McDormand, Three Boil Boards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Margot Robbie, I, Tonya. Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird. And Meryl Streep, The Post. Again, easy pick. Frances McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Lock it in. She's also married to, I think, Ethan Cohen. And the Coen brothers are some of my favorite directors out there, if not one of my top uh, directors um, out there. Pro- easily top top three. Um, no, it isn't Ethan Cohen. It is Joel Cohen. Sorry. Yes, yes, she's married to Joel Joel Cohen. Cohen, who again, the Coen brothers are some of my favorite directors out there. So nice choice, Francis. But yes, actress in a leading role, Francis McDormand. And what's interesting is she plays it so straight through the entire film, but you can feel her anger and disappointment even though she plays it cool. And I love that about her character. This was an easy pick. Then we get to acting in a leading role. We have Timothy Chalamet, Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out, Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel Esquire. To me, this came down to Timothy Chalamet and Gary Oldman, but this is Gary Oldman's year. He's been winning every other one. It was a great performance. Again, Call Me By Your Name is a movie that you feel like you're watching somebody's dream. It feels like you're in a dream state the whole time. But this year's Gary Oldman. So Gary Oldman for acting actor in a leading role. Then we have Best Picture. We have Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Now, to me, this is a two-horse race. This is The Shape of Water, which won the Writers Guild, and the no, it won the Writers Guild and Producers Guild. No, did it? No, it didn't win the Writers Guild. And no, it won the Directors Guild and I think the Producers Guild. Uh, let me check to see if it won. Let me see if it won for um, the Writers Guild. Because um, I know that. Let's see here, Writers Guild of America, two thousand one. 
Screenplay was Get Out, Adapted Screenplay, Call Me By Your Name. Okay, so okay, so Writers Guild, it didn't. It, they all got nominated. But Shape of Water won Producers Guild and Directors Guild. Three Billboards won Screen Actors, Golden Globes, and BAFTA. Now, this is a hard one. I honest, I would prefer Shape of Water to win. Again, it might win. It might. What, what, what's throwing me out is um, Screen Actors Guild Award last year was won by Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures won the Screen Actors Guild, but it wasn't really in competition for. Um, it wasn't really in competition for. Um, Oscar. Nobody's really talking about it until it won that. So again, it's between Shape of Water and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And out of them, I honestly think... Oh, God, this is a 50... Honestly, it's a 50-50 chance. Um, if I had to choose between the three of them, Shape of Water is a more interesting movie... It's a, it's a more it's a better looking movie. It's a better sounding movie. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, is a better personal movie, a better emotional movie. Um, God, this is hard. I'm going to pick because I can't pick with with, with my head with this one. I'm going. Uh, you know what? No, I'm going with my head. I'm going to go three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And the reason why I'm going with this is because a couple years ago when it came down to, I believe, Social Network and The King's Speech, I personally think The Social Network was a much better film, but King's Speech was the one that got it. And even though I want Shape of Water to win, I, I would like it to win, I think three, three, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri is going to win for Best Picture. Lock it in. That's my pick. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. So those are my Oscar picture, Oscar predictions and picks for the for this year. Again, thank you for listening to another edition of Mets at the Movies, and uh, we'll see how well I did next week. Okay. And again, everybody, you can always request movies you want me to talk about at Mets at the Movies on Twitter. I'm just at Mets at the Movies. And uh, we'll see what kind of movies are coming up because with Oscars over, awards seasons are done. So we'll see what kind of movies I'm interested in that I love that I haven't seen in a while. I'll go through 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 my list and I'll take a look and we'll, we'll bring out some surprises. Or again, if you have any recommendations, let me know. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you at the next screening. <laughs>